Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Ken Wyrock, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. Hey, we're back at it again. The Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast is coming to you for third week. No, fourth week in a row. Have we been going week to week every uh, this whole month now, it feels like? Yeah, um, four in a row, for sure. Yeah. Coats. Awesome. It's good. I mean, stuff's starting to ramp up in the offseason. we got the NFL draft in like a week. It's next Thursday. It's incredible that that's already here, and I'm excited for that. Um, today, we're going to be talking about our quarterback and tight end rankings um as they stand right now obviously everything's subject to change as we get closer and closer to the nfl season but uh lots of awesome stuff going on one particularly awesome thing is our show now has a sponsor isn't that pretty awesome bets uh i know you've been doing a lot of the uh the the talk here with our sponsorship so how about you go and lay it out real quick for him yeah absolutely i just want to give a quick shout out to a good friend of the show and to all of us tyler gunther um referred us to this awesome sponsor which is trophy smack uh it's going to be a fantastic place for all the commissioners out there um if you run or own a fantasy league um awesome trophies awesome trophy toppers rings belts i mean you name it they've got all of it um and we are very very happy to promote their product because they do a great job and provide excellent customer service yeah, so if you're commissioning a league this year and you want to have a super awesome trophy or something like that, reach out to these guys, Trophy Smack, go get yourself something awesome. And uh, in the near future, we'll have a, a referral link for you, so be ready to check that out. But let's move into the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Probably the biggest piece of news from this last week and even the last couple days here was Russell Wilson getting an absolute whopper of a contract. Four years, $140 million, I think that's the max value uh, contract for Russell Wilson. Just a huge amount of money. Obviously, that's how quarterback contracts go. They get bigger and bigger every single year as the cap goes up, but... uh, you know, it was kind of looking sketchy there for a moment. Like, uh, he was demanding uh, that he get a contract by this day. Otherwise, he was going to start looking for another team or, I don't know, demanding a trade. We we never really will get to find out. But uh, Russell Wilson stays in Seattle. Your thoughts on the matter? He said, hold my beer, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> from last year. <laughs> Good Lord, is that a massive payday. Um, yeah, like you said, every year it just gets – more and more expensive to get these quarterbacks signed. Um, But Russell Wilson, man, he deserves it for playing behind that offensive line and producing the way he does every single year with, even last year, almost no weapons outside of Tyler Lockett. Uh, It's it's phenomenal. He definitely deserves it for sure. He's very underrated in this league, in my opinion. Did you guys see the video of him and Sierra in bed (laughs) reacting to the news? Oh, my. Yeah. That was a little bit odd. Uh, but kind, kind of ridiculous. Yes, it was. But from a football standpoint, really good for Russell Wilson. I think it's really good for the Seahawks as just as a franchise because I feel like he is the Seahawks. And I think all the fans are going to be happy about this. Um, it is a lot of money tied up into the quarterback. So we'll see how that pans out for them from an on-the-field standpoint and who else they can pay there. But I think to Betts' point... It, Russell Wilson like doesn't have the gaudiest numbers every year. Like you're not going to see him lead the lead in yards. He has led the lead in touchdowns. But I think what he does is be really efficient and really good when it matters. He's like one of the best fourth quarter quarterbacks. So he's just really good at winning. And even if it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet, I think he's one of the most valuable players in the league. Yeah, I was going to say I kind of agree it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but he has that clutch factor. Uh, that not many quarterbacks in the league have right now. So um, I'd, I'd say it's good for the Seahawks. That, Like you said, that's a lot of money, though, and having that much tied up can be detrimental. I guess we'll see what happens with their team over the next you know, four years, I suppose we can say, and uh, see how it shakes out. But other than that, I don't think there's really too much to take away here. Uh, but let's go ahead and swing on down to the next piece of news, which is the Patriots signed Demarius Thomas to a one-year, $6 million deal. Do you care? 
Um, not yet, but I could at some point. And the reason is there's a huge, wide range of outcomes for what Demarius Thomas could be, in my opinion, in 2018. And I think that that's reflected in the deal they did with him. I, I haven't seen the base number. Do you know the base number yet? I know it's worth up to $6 million. Yeah, I don't think the base has been released. Like you said, the max is 6 Yeah. So my understanding or my guess would be that the base is probably not even too close to that and that that's a lot of incentives, which is a way that the Patriots really stack their contracts in general uh, with a lot of incentives, especially games played incentives. But anyways, the point is, Oh, Ken's giving me a... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing just under $3 million for base here. There you go. So almost double is what he could get based off certain incentives. So that reflects what I think is just the case with Demarius, which is he's coming off an injury, which I'm sure bets can touch on, but it's not a great injury, especially for an old wide receiver. And he's got those uh, legal troubles that I think people have large, somewhat forgotten about with the vehicular assault issue um so i don't know what's going on with that we haven't seen much news since it happened it was a car accident thing so there's both those two things which could basically make him a zero games played in 2019 completely worthless in fantasy and for the patriots sort of player on the flip side if by some miracle he's healthy and plays 16 games and the legal troubles don't matter and he's a little bit better than he was last year and kind of has a bit of a resurgence, which we see happen with the Patriots and old veteran guys sometimes. He could be a sneaky... I could, I might even say low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, considering how little they have elsewhere and how much they need from a pass catcher, especially in the red zone. Yeah, the the biggest question mark, Okada, like you said, is that injury and... In- there's a real chance he starts the season out on, on the pup list. Um, his Achilles tear happened in week 16, I remember, against the Eagles. So literally the worst time possible outside of the playoffs for him to have that happen because, as we know by now, those recovery timelines for the Achilles tendon repair are quite long. Um, can take up to a year to really get back to kind of where you're supposed to be. And so he's really, really ahead of that in terms of trying to be ready for week one. So I think it's it's smart from the Patriots. Like you said, it's low risk, probably more of, an, of a reward um, given Demarius Thomas's track record. I will say, though, however, he does have a history of an Achilles tear in his injury history. And so the one silver lining of this is he knows how to rehab it, he knows what to expect, and he knows how to perform after that, um, which always bodes well for a player. That's interesting. How long ago was that one? Oh, you're testing me here. I think it was like early 2010s 2011 like somewhere around around there it was in the opposite so he's, ankle he's had really good seasons after it though yeah okay. he's definitely okay. defied the odds for sure hmm. interesting and uh, i would say some of this hinges on whether or not josh gordon comes back and plays for the patriots as well Please. so yeah <laughs> i, I kind of agree I, I hope he comes back for honestly for both of their sakes for josh gordon and the patriots so um yeah well that remains to be seen but demarius thomas i've pretty little interest in uh, from any standpoint so let's move on to Leonard Fournette who will not face any team discipline from his recent traffic arrest and I say team discipline because you know there always could be league discipline I don't know if there will be I'm just saying specifically the Jaguars are not going to punish Leonard Fournette yay I guess <laughs> I would play crickets here if I had them ready and queued up but um yeah, there's really nothing new here except for he's going to play um, starting week one. So, anyway, let's move on to Okada's fun fact of the week. Yay! All right, so this one is specifically related to quarterbacks and tight ends because we're talking about them today. So I thought I would do something slightly relevant, and here is what it is. It's quite simple. Let's take a look at the quarterbacks to score 20-plus fantasy points multiple times last season and the tight ends to score 15-plus fantasy points multiple times last season. So basically, guys who had multiple games that were quite solid. I would just say quite solid. Not super elite, but not average. Really good games. For quarterbacks, 31 different players accomplished the feat. It includes names like Blake Bortles, who did it four times, 
Josh Allen also did it four times in, as we know, not a full season. Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, Nick Mullins, Ryan Tannehill. Yuck. In other words, you can get quarterback starters throughout your fantasy season all over the place, basically on every team in the NFL. 31 of these guys. So beware when you're drafting of how deep the position is, and I think it might even be deeper this coming year. Now switch over to tight ends. These are the guys to score 15-plus multiple times. There's only seven of them. I can read the whole list in 12 seconds. George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, Jared Cook, Eric Ebron, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard. I don't even think that took 12 seconds. Nope. <laughs> I don't so, think so. As deep quarterback is, tight end is that shallow. So I think of all years, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more throughout the, the uh, offseason, you got to get one of these top tight ends, and you got to wait on quarterback. I cannot stress enough how much more fun I've been having these last couple of seasons in a super flex league compared to just a one quarterback league. It is night and day difference as far as strategy goes, and it's a lot more fun because it's difficult. And I like to keep things difficult when it comes to fantasy football uh, because that's how you can separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. So, And, and even on the tight end perspective, I think I can be convinced starting this year because it seems to get worse every year. I could be wrong, but... I could be convinced of turning the tight end slot into a tight end slash wide receiver position as well. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think if the trend continues, I'm all for that because, like you said, it's it's just been garbage. And that that stat, stat by Okada, excuse me, uh, really speaks to that. So I'm not opposed to that at all. However, Kent, like you've said a couple of times, hopefully, if we're lucky, we're going to get a, a nice influx here of talent at the tight end position in this year's NFL draft. So if that works out, then... Maybe we'll have six or seven starters that we can throw in there <laughs> instead of four. <laughs> oh, God, it's so sad but so true. I just can't help but laugh. But uh, anyway, with that being said, let's go ahead and swing on over to our quarterbacks. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Talking about big arm quarterbacks that can throw a football over the mountains. What we're going to do for this episode is going to be a little different, make it a little bit quicker uh, to make it through the quarterbacks and the tight ends. We're going to go by tiers. So up first is the top tier of quarterbacks. I think there's a case to say that Mahomes is one by himself, but I, I think it's also fair to say that Mahomes and Rodgers could probably fall into a tier at the top of the quarterback position. Obviously, we all have Mahomes ranked number one, but maybe we can talk for a little bit. How close do you see this race being? Yeah, I'll jump in there because for me, it's pretty much a 1A and 1B, which I think might be a little bit hot takey because I think what you just said is probably going to be more consensus. But I think Rodgers is going to have a huge bounce back season. And as we talked about last week, I think Mahomes is going to have a dip, not a bad season in any, by any means, but just a dip. And I think they're going to end up a lot closer than people think. So I think these are the two super elite guys. I mean, going into last year, this is Rodgers was the guy. He was the Mahomes. You know, and he had one bad season with a mess of a coaching situation, and now we don't want to put him up there at the top. So, yeah, and like like I talked I talked about it last episode, Mahomes is number one easy for me. I think Rogers is close, and I think him being McCarthy unchained is a is a big factor as well. You know, they say that they're not going to go after a wide receiver in this draft, so they must have some confidence in some of their younger receivers. Like uh, Marquez Valdez Scantlin and uh, and and Equinemius St. Brown. Um, So it's interesting, and maybe one of the two of them will break out a little bit more this year, and that'll be that'll be kind of fun. But uh, Mahomes is safely one, but I think Rodgers is closer than it would seem by the public eye. Yeah, yeah, and I think one other thing too, just injury perspective. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was not right last year. Ever since that yep. knee injury from week one against the Bears, uh, the MCL sprain, and, and now news is surfacing that he had even um, a tibial plateau fracture, which sounds scary. It's basically a, a big bone bruise inside of the knee joint um, down to the underlying cartilage surface. But anyway, my point with that is he wasn't rushing the way that he normally does, and, and he relies on that a little bit, maybe not quite as much as someone else in the league, like a Cam Newton, obviously, but it still adds to his value and his stats when you go back historically to, to his numbers in a 16 game season 
you know, this was the lowest that his rush attempts have been across his career, um, and that definitely affects his fantasy value. So I think that comes back this season. Um, I don't know about you, Kent, but Tibia Plateau sounds like a nice vacation spot to me. So I'm not, I'm not as concerned. <laughs> uh, I, I think I have a picture uh, next to the plateau, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh, you guys are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, he was super injured last year, so um, he'll be fun to watch this year. But let's move on to tier number two for our quarterbacks. And in this tier, we have Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, and Baker Mayfield. Mm. Uh, Andrew Luck is ranked number three by all of us, and then it's a little bit shaken up between Deshaun Watson and and Baker Mayfield. So let's talk about this group of guys here real quick. I know that the guy who snuck into this group from last year is Baker Mayfield, so someone's got to have some ideas on why they have him ranked so high, right? I mean, we're all right I mean, there. I'm, I'm yeah. five. Kent, you're five, right? And, and Okada's four. So I think we all like him equally. I mean, you look at those weapons, and it's it's amazing what he did last year, setting the rookie record. I think it's NFL history, correct? Yes, that's correct. For touchdown passes, and he didn't even play a full season. No, Jarvis Landry was his one and. Granted, I'm a Jarvis Landry truther, but he's not a one in this league. Odell Beckham is absolutely that in this league, and the weapons are just amazing. I don't see how, I don't see how he finishes below like QB six or seven at the absolute worst. So I'm very confident in that QB five ranking. Yeah, it the weapons is certainly a big one. I mean, we talk about Mahomes being one of the most talented QBs in the league, which I think is fair and true. But he also had last year at least undeniably the best weapons in the entire league and now there is potentially one team I think that can challenge the Chiefs weapons on the offensive side of the ball and it's the Browns with Odell I mean Landry is a not necessarily a prototypical wide receiver one but many teams would be happy to have him as their lead wide receiver and now he's there too behind arguably one of the best receivers in the entire league plus they have David Njoku Who's a very solid tight end with some upside and great pass catching running backs. This team is going to be great. Baker's going to be at the helm. I don't see how he's not a lock QB one, and I think I agree he has upside to be right up here in the top five. Yeah, and with Landry, I think now that Odell's there, he doesn't have to try to be the one anymore. He can kind of go back to a more comfortable role. Uh, you know, he kind of struggled last year, and they said they're going to move him to the outside, and that didn't go so well. So. You know, him in the slot, Odell on the outside, playing a little bit in the slot here and there. It's it's a great combo, and they have good pass-catching options in the backfield and tight end and everything. So I talked about it before. I'll say it again. Baker Mayfield is super high up for me this year, and, and you guys as well. Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck I now just see as safe options. Uh, Deshaun has, you know, elite pass-catching weapons as well. Uh, maybe not quite as good as Baker Mayfield, but he gets it done on the ground a little bit more, and that's uh, obviously pretty good for fantasy value. And then Andrew Luck, man, la- after last year, I, you know, we, me and Okada were pretty high on him, and I know um, the injury was the big holding point for you, Betts, and that, and that's understandable. He, he did shorten up his passing, but boy, was he good all season, and he really brought it together. And I think he can only get better from there. So he's pretty safely in my top five uh, quarterback position right now as well. Yeah, one quick note on Luck from from my standpoint. From that stat list that I gave earlier about QBs with 20-point fantasy games, he had the second most in the entire NFL last season with 11 of those games. Only Mahomes had more with 13. And as we may recall, uh, his arm was affected for the first few games of that season, so Betts was right on that point. He got over it semi-quickly, but with 16 games of his full arm in place... I think he's a lock top five, and he could be one of those guys. I think this whole tier is kind of the guys that could sneak to the number one spot if Mahomes kind of slipped for some reason. So Luck is possibly the most likely of this group for me to do that. And let's not forget, they signed one of the best wide receivers in the league (laughs) in free agency in Devin Funches. So, yes, all aboard Andrew Luck type train this year. Bet's getting on board. I love it. Love to see it. But uh, I think those guys are all pretty close for me, honestly. So let's go ahead and move down to tier number three. 
And we're starting here with a guy that I was almost going to say maybe belongs in Tier 2, but we'll talk about it. Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton uh, land inside this third tier for us, 6, 7, and 8 on the rankings. We're starting to get a little more chaotic in our rankings, I'm seeing. We have a couple double-digit rankings for Matt Ryan and Cam Newton. So, um, I don't know. Let's uh, Real quick, I, me and Okada are kind of high on Cam Newton. So, Betts, maybe I can get your spin on Cam and why you have him down at 11. Yeah, this this ranking for me is mostly just a, a result of a lot of other players that I feel more confident about. And, you know, with our theme of our rankings preview shows, we've been doing a lot of discrepancies, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But, you know, I've got Drew Brees up there. I've got Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, you know, all these options that I just feel like I would prefer over Cam Newton. It's really not a knock against Cam. I just feel like he doesn't really have... Um, a strong receiving core. There's questions about whether or not Greg Olson's back. Uh, there's a chance that they potentially try to preserve him more and maybe limit his rushing given the history of the shoulder injuries and the shoulder surgery. So I'm just kind of hedging on this one, putting him as a lower uh, option than I typically have in past years. Nothing against Cam. I just think that the the quarterback depth is just absolutely unreal this year. Uh, what is your confidence in him being okay to go week one? Oh, I have zero concerns about that at all. Um, okay, cool. He didn't have anything structurally repaired or anything like that, so it was more of a clean-out procedure. Um, he was diagnosed with arthritis in the shoulder, so short-term, no concern. Long-term, dynasty, um, he's not going to be a guy playing into his late 30s and, and 40 like Tom Brady or Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I'll kind of spin it here back to Matt Ryan. He... He had a really good 2018 season, kind of a mediocre 2017, and a really good 2016 season. And I'm afraid to kind of buy the hype again on him. It, we've kind of seen enough of the mediocre to good seasons out of Matt Ryan to really be- believe that, you know, like a 35 touchdown season is going to be what happens for him again. So I'm kind of hesitant on him. I think he's a, like a fringe quarterback one right now for me and uh you know that could change on the draft and other stuff but I I think he's kind of safe if you miss out on elite options and you don't want to wait too long that's kind of where I'm at on him yeah I'm the high guy on Matt Ryan at seven which if you look at last year like you mentioned is very low because he's the two but if you look over the last two years it's right about the average so I, I kind of have him at his average point He's not been very consistent, so it's hard to predict which one he'll be this year, like you said. But with Calvin Ridley in tow now behind Julio Jones, I just am pretty confident in his weapons and his talent. He's probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks talent-wise, in my opinion, in the NFL. So yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a safe guy. I think he's probably going to be a guy who falls, too, despite how high he finished, just because he's Matt Ryan and people kind of disrespect him. So he's one of those ones you can probably wait more to the edge of the QB1 range like you mentioned. Yeah, and then Russell Wilson, you know, on top of his big payday, he he was the what, the quarterback one in was that 2017? I think it was. And probably we, cause we he mentioned led the to people not to buy him. Year. Yeah, so uh, you know, and they they really went to a run heavy offense last year and I don't really see that changing. Uh, they still have Chris Carson and Rashad Penny being the the one two combo there, even though they lost Mike Davis. Uh, their line, you know, not so good for pass blocking. Actually, was decent for run blocking. So they're going to continue kind of that ground and pound. We're not going to see as much of that razzle dazzle Russell Wilson as as we're used to, and he really bailed him out uh, over the last five years quite a few times. But with with how much they're running the ball, I I can't have him in my top five. Like I probably think he would belong if he was in a true. Uh, vertical passing offense yeah Kent, and just to confirm i did look it up that was the year 2017 he was he was qb1 yeah okay yeah all right well um any other comments on this this group of guys let's go ahead and move down to our bottom well not bottom really but the the fourth tier we're going to talk about here today and we we had some conversation before the show about where this one should end we, we talk about how deep this quarterback class is. I It's truly, truly deep where we almost went to like quarterback 20 and talking about how close these guys all are. So let's talk about this group real quick. Phillip Rivers, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott. That takes us down to quarterback 
14, and there's still a number of guys I'd be fine drafting after this point. So we're looking at a lot of depth this year. How about this? Pick your favorite out of this group, and uh, why do you think they have a shot to uh, jump up into the quarterback one situation this year? Yeah, so, well, okay, before we do that, Bets, don't pick your actual favorite because he's the discrepancy oh, we're going to talk I'm about. I'm going to ruin the show, Doc. I'm talking about <laughs> oh, right now. oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I, that's I fine. I'll wait. I'll talk, I'll talk about my guy who's Jameis Winston. And it's interesting if you look at this tier, every one of these guys except for Dak gets a single-digit ranking from one of us. So that's kind of how you can look at this tier in that someone is going to take this guy as a high, even mid-range to high QB1 for this whole tier. That's how good these guys are. For me, it's Jameis. I have him all the way up at six, which is monstrous, I guess, because <laughs> you guys have him at 13 and 15. I just love Jameis. I love this offense. I am excited to see him with Bruce Arians. He probably is number three in the weapons behind the Browns and Chiefs with Evans, Godwin, OJ Howard. They need to get a running back, so we'll see how that goes maybe in the draft. And that could round him out or round out his weapons so he gets up into that tier. One one interesting thing I just had to pull up. Fantasy points by team quarterback last year. Because obviously Jameis missed a bunch of games, right? So number one in the league is the Chiefs with 418 fantasy points. No surprise. It was all Patrick Mahomes. Number two is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fitzpatrick, and to be fair, he's got magic, so it, it helped Winston's numbers <laughs> a little bit. But the Buccaneers quarterback was the second best fantasy quarterback from a team perspective in the entire league last year. I think that all of his weapons can take a step forward with Bruce Arians heading up this team, and I think that he himself finally kind of breaks out of his struggles of being a turnover machine and an off-the-field problem. <laughs> Hopefully he stops with that and jumps up into the semi-elite tier. So I really love Jameis this year. Yeah, I mean, I I do like Jameis. I just, I'm not sure there's a lot of trust there, and that's the biggest thing holding me back. He's, he's really interception-heavy, and, uh, you know, last season he had 14 in 11 games. You don't like seeing... Uh, that that above one per game mark, that's when things start to get pretty bad, especially if you play in any kind of league that punishes them a little bit more. I'm in a few of those now, uh, trying to find more efficient quarterbacks and, and, and reward them handsomely for being so. But I, I, I think the vertical offense that Todd Munkin brought to the Buccaneers last year uh, is now gone. He, he went and now he's working for the Browns as a, like an offensive consultant or did he is he the offensive coordinator anyway the bottom line is he's he's gone from the buccaneers and and Arians is a good coach and I think he could develop Winston in a really sound technical way I'm just worried that might actually bring a hit to his fantasy value a little bit uh, by reeling him back in making sure he plays a solid quarterback game and uh, that just hasn't been what has gotten Winston points over these last couple years so I don't know yeah, I'll jump in here and I'll kind of move us on to the next quarterback that we can discuss. And for me, the guy that I think has an, an easy chance to jump up higher here is Jared Goff. Um, I've got him at 7, Kent, you're at 19, which I'd love to hear your thoughts about that, uh, and Okada's at 10. For me, Jared Goff, I mean, we've been talking about these weapons, and I don't know how it gets much better than Cooper Cup. Yes, coming off the ACL, but he should be okay for at least the first few weeks of the season to get back out there. Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, still Todd Gurley. Yes, he's got arthritis, but yes, he's still Todd Gurley. Um, the past two years, QB8 and QB9, and I, I don't see how that offense slows down. So for me, he's a top 10 option without question. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I probably should move him up. The problem is, and talking about the depth in this class, or not class, but rather this uh, draft season, is it, it wasn't really about me not liking him. It was more about just continuously putting guys above him, and he ended up there. And I'll probably shake up this middle you know, rankings from 10 to 20 probably 30, 40 times before the season comes around. So I, I'm not going to lock that in as my final rating of Jared Goff, and I think he's in a good situation. So... 
I, I could I'll say it's fair that I'm pretty low on him right now at 19. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean I think that really summarizes the whole point of this the way we're doing this and how you mentioned at the beginning even that we thought about going to 20 or so you really don't even want to pay attention drafters to the numbers almost in these rankings it's really more about the fact that they're in a tier because the difference between our number nine who's Philip Rivers and Jared Goff at 19 for Kent or you know Breeze at 15 for me or any of these guys is so small it's like infinitesimal even though it's eight spots different theoretically so yeah I I, I think Goff is very much in the top end of this tier potentially even but there's so many guys around him you could almost go with any of them and not be in trouble speaking of philip rivers being at number eight i guess i'll go ahead and jump in here because i i have met or excuse me he's at number nine overall i have met number eight you guys have them both uh, at 11 and 14 so it philip rivers to me is the guy that if i want a quarterback one for sure no like no questions i'm picking him and he's probably going to be like the you know the ninth or tenth quarterback off the board. People are going to chase upside guys uh, like Jared Goff, like Jameis Winston um, around that time as well. Dak Prescott maybe. You know, like I said, this tier is huge. But I know that Philip Rivers is the perennial quarterback eleven. You know, I mean, like he's just stuck there, and he's going to provide at least something and not give you big stinker weeks uh, to start off the year, and then you can chase someone off the waiver wire if there is a little bit more upside, if you're going to get like a Baker or, or Josh Allen later in the year. You know, that always happens. So he's just safe to me, and that's that's why I'm, I, you know, maybe he could be a little lower, like 10, 11 range, but he's just so safe that uh, I think I'd take him over a few guys there on the upside. Yeah, that's, the best thing with yeah. Rivers, too, is, is the draft capital that you – don't have to invest to get him. It's just like Matt Ryan, very underrated and disrespected in fantasy. Um, like you said, he just feels like the QB 11 or 12 every year. And you can get him, what, like 12th round of your draft, maybe even later. Um, so he's the perfect guy to, to grab. And then, like you said, Kent, just stream if you need to. Otherwise, nothing wrong with, with throwing rivers in your lineup. Yeah, so with that being said, let's go ahead and move down. We're going to talk about discrepancies, you know, quote-unquote, outside the top 12. I know we went a little bit past that, but uh, there's a few guys left here on this list that we're going to talk about. So Jimmy Garoppolo is the first one. He did not make it into our top uh, uh, 14, but Okada does have him ranked 14th on his rankings. I have him at 20 and Betts has him at 21. So Okada's a little bit higher on him. Go ahead and tell us why. Yeah, um... First of all, I think if you go back to last season and look at most people's rankings and also ADP for Jimmy G, you would see him in the 12 to 14 range where I have him ranked and not so much in the 20 plus range where I think a lot of people might have him now. And I don't really see the point for that considering we didn't really like his weapons at all last year. And now we see that he's got one of the best tight ends in the league and I think Dante Pettis can be a lot better of a receiver than a lot of people might have thought going into last year. So I think his weapons are better this year than they were last year. Obviously, we can't judge too much on his performance last year since he only played in three games before taking that dumb, dumb injury, running out of bounds, trying to extend a play. But uh, swinging over to my little team quarterbacks thing that I really enjoy using, <laughs> the 49ers were the 21st best team fantasy quarterback and that was with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard for almost the entirety of the season so I think 21 is less than the absolute floor for Jimmy G I think he has to be higher than that so I have him at 14 I also think they probably get a receiver in the draft possibly even with their second round pick which is like 36 so you know it's borderline first round pick essentially um, so they could get a really good receiver there so I really like Jimmy G yeah, I'm um, I'm with you there. I think earlier in the offseason I said I expected Antonio Brown to land for the 49ers. That obviously did not materialize, and so they could use a little bit of receiving help. And until they do, I'm not going to move them up uh, for that for that reason. But I agree that the draft is a good spot uh, in the second or third round to get someone who can f uh, fill the role next to Dante Pettis and uh, Marquise Goodwin. Let's uh, let's swing on down to the guy who we couldn't talk about. He who shall not be named. Just kidding. It's Drew Brees. 
Uh, I have him ranked 18. Okada has him 15. And Betts has him at number six. So, Betts, tell me how you feel about. No, you know what? Yeah, you're not. You need to tell everyone to say the words. I am the pooper because you're the pooper on this one. <laughs> I am the pooper. Exactly. You're right. Oh, man. You guys are both haters. I don't understand. <laughs> Drew Brees, historically, this is his finish the last uh, five years. Quarterback eight, quarterback nine, quarterback three, quarterback six, and six. How do you guys have him that low? I don't understand. Um, last year, there was definitely a discrepancy in terms of what we saw his completion percentage was way up, almost 75%, which is absurd. And we talked about it with Michael Thomas. You know, he had a lot of volume, Michael Thomas, that is, in the short to intermediate passing game, which in PPR formats is great for him. It's also good for Drew Brees. I mean, every time he completes a pass, it's fantasy points. We also talked about a lot last year um, going into the season that his touchdown count was so low from passing perspective in 2017. I think it was just 23, which is absurdly low compared to his average. That jumped back up to 32 last year, which is right around his average. Um, No Mark Ingram this year. And so, yes, I still think Latavius Murray is going to add value, but I just don't see how he's not, how he doesn't do what he's done for his entire career. Until I see that fall off, I'm going to continue to rank him there and rank him aggressively because I think he deserves that until he proves us wrong and his track record says he's still he's still an elite fantasy option at the quarterback position maybe not every week which I know you guys are probably going to say but most weeks and I would be comfortable drafting him as my quarterback one yeah so Bree what for me what happened with Breeze is what happened for Kent with Jared Goff which is that he should be way up there, probably. I'm not six. I think you're tripping. <laughs> you're the pooper. But <laughs> Yes, I am the pooper. <laughs> we are the poopers. But I just kept putting a guy above him that I thought had a higher ceiling, and then another guy above him that I thought had a higher ceiling. And they had similar floors. Obviously, Breeze has been so consistent, you can't quite say they had the same floor, but it is kind of an upside thing. And then the other, the other kind of big thing is I feel like he's trending a different direction than the NFL on, a, on the whole – from a quarterback perspective. So you're not seeing the 350 plus fantasy point seasons from him that you saw five years ago. You're seeing the 275 to 300 fantasy points. Uh, Now, meanwhile, all the other quarterbacks in the league are raising their bars. And so I think that that, I wish you guys could see my, my hands, you listeners, but they're passing each other. One of them's passing the other one in a vertical manner. <laughs> just, <I> uh, <laughs> just pretend that Okada's doing the robot. That's basically <laughs> yeah, what it sure. looks like. Drew Brees, I just feel like, is coming down a little bit every year, and every other quarterback is coming up a little bit every year, and that just bumps his rank down a little bit. And, yeah, the same thing happened for me, kind of like you were alluded to with Jared Goff, uh, happened with Drew Brees, and I'm I'm worried. You know, he's like I said before, he's 40. Um he had he threw for less than four thousand yards for the first time since two thousand and five. By eight yards last year. By eight yards. <laughs> By eight, yes, that's accurate. But you know what? I mean, he was throwing over five thousand two years ago, so that's a pretty significant drop off. And um, I, I'm a little worried. His his quarterback rating QBR they were like ten to twenty points above his like five year rolling average. Uh, we talk about how Michael Thomas's catch rate was so extremely high, and that's likely to drop down. Uh, I see this quarterback rating being pretty similar in that it could drop back down. His touchdown rate was 6.5%. He hasn't scored above 5.5 since 2013. Uh, I, I, I just see these numbers regressing a little bit, and I don't think he can throw for the raw yardage to kind of make up for it like he used to uh, five years ago. Well, a lot of numbers. You guys are making me very sad. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right, and then up last, I'm going to be the uh, the counter pooper here, uh, meaning I'm the one who's on top, but I wanted to call myself a pooper again to make it even for bets. So Mitch Trubisky, you guys have him at 17 and 19, and I have him at 19 minus 10. Oh. You do the math. That's it's nine. nine. You do yeah, the math. I, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, last year, early in the season, he was – uh, let's see. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I think it was quarterback six in the first uh, 10 weeks of the season. He got injured. He came back a few weeks later and wasn't really quite the same. 
excuse me, quarterback seven weeks one through ten last year. So he was absolutely on fire in Nagy's system, doing everything really great. They got rid of Jordan Howard, which you know isn't really much of a detriment to the passing game at all, and they're not going to run as much. So passing could be in the future more. Trubisky using his legs in his future. Uh, I think we're going to see him return to that semi-elite status like he was last year. Uh, the Bears are, are a very complete team. I mean, it kind of ended up happening out of nowhere. Their defense has always been pretty good, uh, but they really brought things together offensively with Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen being solid. They're probably going to draft a running back this year uh, to take some of the load. And um, I don't know. I just I can see him kind of returning to that form before the injury. I'll tell you what, Kent. <clears throat> You've convinced me to move him up one spot over Lamar Jackson. Hey, so all he's, right, he's 16 for me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we said, oh, go go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I think that you know QB nine is definitely in the realm of possibility. I think when I was ranking him, I was just kind of going off of. I like to see this the historical data and see a guy prove it year after year. And obviously, last year was the first time that Mitch Trubisky was fantasy relevant. I mean, granted, it was only his second year in the league. Um, so certainly he could repeat that for sure. I think he's going to have QB1 weeks for sure. I love him as a streamer. But for me, I'm probably not comfortable ranking him quite that high just yet until he proves it one more time. That is uh, completely fair. So with that being said, let's go ahead and move on over to the tight ends. Oh. <laughs> I I'm not even gonna give the tight ends the the uh, the credit to having their own soundbite. They just get the losing horn uh, from Price is Right. So we're gonna kind of do a similar thing. Go through the tiers for our tight end rankings, and then we'll talk a couple of discrepancies at the end. I imagine the last couple tiers will be kind of a quick rush through, so shouldn't take too long here. Top Avert your tier eyes. for the yeah top tiers <laughs> for the tight ends. Yeah, that's like a tongue twister. Tight top. Uh, <laughs> true true okay let's try that again top tier for the tight ends is going to be travis kelsey george kittle and zach Ertz. uh let's see the only difference in in ranking is Betts has kittle three and Ertz two otherwise uh okada and myself are the same so it's pretty similar across the board uh what do you think about uh, the top tier of the tight ends i think Betts is a pooper Hey, hey, y'all say that. <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to fight this notion, okay? We gotta uh, we gotta take it easy on him. Man, listen, freaking bullies. Listen, listen. This is this is a weird conundrum because if I want for every player in a given fantasy league to listen to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast, but then when I tell everyone in that league you have to get one of these three tight ends. Only three of those people are going to get one of these three tight ends. So I just feel sad for like nine-twelfths of fantasy <laughs> leagues. But listen, you have to get one of these guys, okay? That, that, that's it. Just get one of these guys. I love that's that all. you just referenced well, nine-twelfths rather than <laughs> three Listen, three I can't do that math. That's too quick of math. Fair enough. Yeah, the top tier you- of tight ends is, like you said, I, I need, I want one of these guys I'm done with I'm done with streaming tight ends. It just doesn't work anymore in, in today's game unless you hit on someone like an Eric Ebron of last year, which was fantastic. Otherwise, that just doesn't happen. So for me, I rank these guys as I did, but honestly, I'm going to take the guy that's the cheapest when it comes to draft season out of those three, and, and that's it for me. Do you recall the mock draft episode when yours truly – took Travis Kelsey at 11th overall. Oh, yes. I do. I stand by that selection mm. because there is no reason that Travis Kelsey is going to be even like 90% or, 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 or less of what he was last year. He's going to be almost exactly the same. Their offense is completely the same. They, um, you know, they picked up Carlos Hyde as a replacement for Kareem Hunt. Not really much of a difference to matter. Uh, the wide receivers are all the same. Why Why would anything change with Travis Kelsey's season? And if he's going to have a season like he did last year, I want him on my team. I want the best tight end, hands down. And I, I'd be willing to skip over one of those fringe, you know, running back one, wide receiver one guys uh, to have the bona fide tight end one and not have to worry about 
uh, scraping the waiver wire every week trying to find uh, a barely passable tight end 12. So I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm, I'm still with it. 100% agree there. And I, I had to just pull up the numbers really quick on half-point PPR scoring for tight ends last year. So Kelsey, 243. This is total points. Ertz, 222. And Kittle, 214. And then you have to go down to 189 from Eric Ebron. That's the next best. And that was at a monstrous touchdown rate that he, neither he nor anyone else really is going to repeat. Unless his name is Rob Gronkowski, who's no longer in the league. So it can't be done. And then down to 160 from Jared Cook. That is the difference you're getting by drafting one of these guys. It is it is a necessity, in my opinion. Okada, what did you say it was? 240 what? 243 from Kelsey, and then 222 from Ertz, and 215 from Kittle. And I assume that's through week 17? Yes. 16 oh. games each. Yep, and I'm looking at that right now. In total scoring in the season, that's wide receiver 8 in half PPR. Which yeah. is a cheat code, honestly, at the tight end position. So yep. maybe I should be drafting Travis Kelsey in the first or second <laughs> yes! round. Do it. All aboard. Convinced. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. And and by the time drafts come around, I could feel differently, but I, I can't imagine I will at this point. Travis Kelsey's pretty easy to to believe in that. I don't know if I do the same for Kittle or uh Ertz. I don't think either of them are quite as safe. But uh, Kelsey definitely is up there for me. Love George Kittle, though, by the way. One of mm. my favorite players right now. Very true. Let's um, let's move down to tier number two. Um, looks like we're mostly similar here. Let's just go through them. Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard, and Hunter Henry returning from the ACL tear last year. Let's talk about... How about O.J. Howard? Because me and Okada have him at four, and then Betts has him down at eight. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued by that, by the the uh, P word <laughs> over here. <laughs> Common theme I'm just on kidding. the show. Uh, t- t- tell, me, tell me why you're lower on him than we are. Do you, I'm, I'm curious. Do you guys like talk about your rankings before I get on <laughs> to purposely no, move them up so that all. I look like an idiot when we record? <laughs> I just... See, I just copy Okada's. So. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, for me, the, the concern with O.J. Howard is just, A, Cameron Brait is still there. Yes, O.J. Howard is way better than, than Cameron Brait, so I'm not arguing that. But, you know, you never know how they're going to be used. But I talked about a little bit with Chris Godwin last week in that the receiving options for a Bruce Arians offense typically goes to a number one guy, and then the rest of the pieces kind of just get a little bit of the pie. They don't really get a, a firm, you know, equal half slice. or a slice. Yes, that's good. Okada, I like that reference. Um, okay. So I went back historically in, in just the last, what is this, five years of his coaching experience, Bruce Arians that is, and granted it's with um, the Arizona Cardinals, so you could argue for sure the talent isn't comparable to O.J. Howard, and I, and I agree with that. But just historically – in 2013, the top tight end option in receiving was Rob Hausler, which, A, who is that, and B, was 450 <laughs> yards and one touchdown. Then in 2014, it was John Carlson with 350 and one. 2015, Darren Fells, 311 and three. 2016, Jermaine Gresham, 391 and two. And then same thing in 2017, Jermaine Gresham again, 322 and two. So <clears throat> I just don't feel confident in the history of, of how the tight end performs in his offensive system. I'm hopeful that O.J. Howard can break that mold because I think he's fantastic and I think he's primed for a breakout in the right situation. I'm just not sure this is it. Yeah, I, that's fair. I, I I know he's very hype-driven. He, he's had some good stretches but never put together a real full season yet. So maybe we'll have to uh, reel back a little bit, Okada. But I don't know if I want to just because there's really not so many good options behind him. I'm actually – kind of impressed you found seven better options than him is is really the the biggest thing here not that how much you dislike Howard but rather there's seven people that you like better I think is the biggest uh hang up uh that is kind I of refuse. impressive actually <laughs> I refuse to move him Kenneth uh actually yeah. you know what Kent I will not call you Kenneth because you are so right in this instance you are so Kent and this other guy over here <laughs> is so pooper um, <laughs> listen you you prefaced it, Betts, before you launched into your points, which is that all those tight ends suck. <laughs> and OJ Howard does not suck. He 
might be one of the top five most talented players in the league for, at the tight end position, potentially even higher. I don't know. We haven't really seen yet. We're going to have to see it from him, obviously, like you guys mentioned. But I think that Bruce Arians is a good and smart enough coach to recognize where he has talent, kind of like he did with David Johnson, and just be like, oh, I have a guy who can catch balls out of the backfield like nobody's business. I'm going to pepper this guy and almost get him a 1,000 receiving yards. So I think we might see something kind of more like that, and hopefully he breaks the mold of the previous Arians' tight ends. <laughs> Arians' is... is, is. <laughs> Kip. Can I just say, moving along here real quick, can I just say I'm glad you guys have Hunter Henry ranked similarly to me because I was ready to go to the mat and fight for Hunter Henry this year. Uh, I love this kid so much, and I still think he's a really good tight end. I think a lot of people forgot about him, and he's going to be one of the biggest steals of your draft this year. Uh, And I'm hands down, uh, I'm rooting for this guy. Agreed. Um. Anyway, uh, did we did we have any thoughts on Evan Engram? He was actually our highest in this list, and we didn't talk about him at all. Uh, I think he's just safe in the fact that he's the best pass catcher on this team. That's what I was gonna say too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's it. I would prefer yeah. him above Sterling Shepard and and Golden Tate, even with Eli Manning. I mean, he's there right now as it stands, wide receiver one as a tight end. Yeah, I hundred yep. percent agree. All right, and I, and that's all you need to know about that tier. So let's move on down to the next one, which is uh, just two guys, really, but uh, you know these are all kind of in the same range. But Eric Ebron, Jared Cook, I think they're pretty similar in that they could be pretty touchdown-heavy kind of guys. Is that yeah. is that what you're thinking was, Okada? Um, a little bit. I think these are kind of the guys who we can rely on over the course of the season to have a, like a strong fantasy finish. But on a week-to-week basis, we're not going to really know what to expect from them, and that's kind of to your point of the touchdowns. I think Cook will be – nah, he won't be better than he was last year because he had so many catches and yards last year. But I think that he'll be similar in a end-of-season fantasy finish because he's playing for the Saints. And I think Ebron will catch enough touchdowns to bump him up into this range. So, yeah, for me, they were 8-9. and nine. I have one guy above them that, that's in our next tier. But I think these are kind of the guys that – if you don't want to go for the upside guy, but you don't want to stream or take a flyer, these are just kind of the in-betweeners. Yeah, and I just want to jump in real quick with one injury perspective note here in regards to Eric Ebron. The counterpoint to, I think, a lot of people buying into Eric Ebron is the Jack Doyle argument, and he's currently dealing with a repaired labrum in his hip, so he's a question mark for week one and for training camp too. So, you know, if Eric Ebron enters the season as their only tight end option legitimately with Andrew Luck. I mean, that could definitely grow into the relationship that we saw last year where he was running touchdowns into the end zone, which that's not going to happen again. Uh, But being the only option there for the tight end position with Doyle banged up and and injured, um, I think could really, really bode well for him to repeat what he did last year. Uh, Honestly, you guys are so intelligent. I have nothing to add. To these two guys that was pretty much all of my talking points so um yeah let's move down to the last tier group where maybe we could start to find some flyer type guys some real punt candidates uh for the tight end position as i know a lot of people do so david njoku vance mcdonald delaney walker and chris herndon the fourth he's not mm. the third he's not the second he's not the first he's the fourth um Kind of interesting he made it onto the top 12, to be perfectly honest. I, it is. I I just didn't know who else to really put up here. And really, I can tell from looking at the rankings, only one of us have him ranked top 12, and that's Okada at 12. So the range in rankings past, like, 10 are clearly just chaotic. And yeah. that's what that tells me. Yep. This is, uh, this is basically a hot mess zone. Um, I do have David Njoku at 7, but... I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep him there. He just has so much more upside than most of the tight ends down here in this range, but he also has a lot of competition with, obviously, all the weapons we talked about earlier on the Browns. Whereas a guy like Chris Herndon kind of cracks my top 12 because he doesn't have that much competition, potentially especially in the red zone. They've got Robbie Anderson as a speedster and a couple slot guys and Le'Veon Bell. So... Yeah, this is uh, this is where it starts to get ugly, and this is where you don't want to have to be drafting your guy, ideally. 
So that's why you should have gotten the guys we talked about earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I was saying, real punt candidates here. I'm the highest on Vance McDonald out of this group simply because Antonio Brown's gone, and that's a lot of air yards and touchdowns uh, left to be picked up by someone. They might not have as many as a team as last year, but if he even gets 50% of what Antonio Brown had, um, well, you know, not him specifically, but I think that he stands to gain a lot from this situation and could have a, a double-digit touchdown season, to be perfectly honest. So I think he represents that kind of upside. He probably won't have huge yardage totals, which is why he's a little bit down lower. He's not really safe. Could have some bust weeks for you, but uh, could have some some like multi-touchdown games in there. So I'm kind of intrigued by him. Yeah, and, and I think Okada started to talk about this a little bit when he said, don't draft these guys, draft the guys that we just talked about before this. <laughs> And the ones at the start of this segment. Um, But, you know, if you're not fortunate enough to get one of those guys, I mean, there's a legitimate legitimate chance that one single owner could be playing all four of these guys at some point throughout the season. So this is really the tier where we start to get into where it's all about streaming the matchup. And I have these guys listed, obviously, at a certain ranking because that's how we have to do it for the site. But I would be fine streaming any of these guys on any given week, depending on the matchup. So right now we're in full uh, streamer mode with these guys. I uh, I legitimately almost took rookie tight ends and put them in my top 12, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I decided to wait, but uh, TJ Hawkinson re- represents a, uh, a ready-to-go NFL pro starter tight end. So... I think I'd be interested in putting him up here if he lands in a good spot. Also, whoever goes to the Patriots. Yeah. Could be could be Hawkinson, maybe. Mm. We'll see. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our discrepancies outside the top 12. Uh, again, real messy stuff here, but we'll just take a peek at it real quick. Tyler Eifert, uh, I have him ranked 30. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I even bothered ranking him. I think he just kind of <laughs> ended up there. Uh, Betts has him 20 and Okada has him 13. Uh, what do you think about that one? Okada? Yeah. Top once again. Uh, I've talked about him obviously a a couple times and this is my thinking on Tyler Eifert at 13. You just heard the names we talked about that are in this range at 12. We're drafting Chris Herndon. So at this point, you're just taking a guy that you're throwing some a pancake at the wall and hoping that it sticks that's not a saying <laughs> what do you throw at the wall <laughs> um, um you throw poop pickles <laughs> true, true. it's not the actual saying but we're gonna keep it family friendly on this show yep, we're not gonna yep. swear uh you know what, okay. the, what you throw at the wall <laughs> yeah so that's what i'm throwing here and listen tyler eifert is not poop okay from an injury standpoint he is but from a talent standpoint, he is a pancake that I would like to eat. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> listen, if you're going to take a guy outside the top 12, you may as well take a... <laughs> stop, stop laughing, Kent. You may I as can't! Well <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may oh, as well okay. take a guy with literally top five upside, okay? That is what Tyler Eifert has if he can play games football games on a football field granted that has been a serious struggle for him he's the new jordan reed if not the original jordan reed or worse than jordan reed has been but if he can get on the field he will be a every week starter who will catch eight plus touchdowns so when it gets to this point in drafts where you're taking a flyer anyways i'd rather take a guy with huge upside and tons of downside that might play no games for me and i'll just end up streaming guys that i would draft in this range anyways can can you even comment on that after that discussion? Um, I, I don't think I can. Uh, all I know is I'm hungry and I want pancakes. <laughs> so. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. No, Tyler Everett's good. I, like I said, I, I just don't think I even bothered to rank him. I think I could probably do to I could probably move him up, but I'm just so scared of the injury history right now that I don't want to own him because I'm going to end up having to go to the waiver wire again later anyway. So why why even bother putting any draft capital towards him. I don't know. We'll see. Because he's I, a I don't pancake, know where he's gonna, Kent. He, he's a pancake. Oh, you know, waffles are better, though, so I'm going to have a waffle instead. Whoa. Oh, boy. All right, so it's, it's too late in the show to fight about that. <laughs> so let's move down to the second discrepancy. Jack Doyle, uh, 
Okada and I having 15 and Betts is a pooper? No. <laughs> you would no, think I'm just kidding. that we are, uh, we're talking ahead of time. <laughs> if um, there's anyone listening yeah. that is a current podcaster that needs another host, I'm looking for a new <laughs> position. Because um, this is just me at this point. Yeah, I've already talked about it with Jack Doyle, so I'm not going to repeat. It's it's mostly injury concern yeah. and the fact that I think Ebron is now the tight end option you want in Indy. Even if Doyle is healthy at the start of the season and these guys split the way they did last year, it could be a week where you don't really know who's going to be the guy that you should have started and for me, I mean, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to take someone above someone else that is the only option at the tight end position in terms of a starting position. So for me, that's why I have him so low. Out of curiosity, if this is full PPR, is he a little higher potentially for you? Uh, not really. Or is it just the injuries are, are so concerning that you don't want to touch him? No, I, I don't think it's necessarily the injury is that concerning in terms of being a full year issue. I just don't know that he's ready for week one. And then if if Andrew Luck says, okay, I entered the season with Eric, Eric Ebron and we had a great season together last year, I don't know how that changes when Jack Doyle gets back on the field that much, to be honest. So I don't think it's it's really one or the other or either of those two things. I think it's just, you know, I don't see I don't see Jack Doyle being fantasy relevant again at this point, potentially in his career. I just, I just see these guys as like a fire fire and ice. Huh? Uh, that's a little uh, Game of Thrones reference there. Um, tight end combo. I think that Luck kind of likes his tight ends, and they have two like actually good ones now i don't think doyle's like amazing but i I love ebron and i like his talent but uh jack doyle's reliable in the short range so i could see him like averaging three to four catches per game and i like you said okada i think he has some ppr flair and then ebron's kind of the touchdown guy in the red zone so i don't know i I, he's right outside my range i would never draft him if he ends up doing well or in the season maybe i'll maybe i'll pick him up i don't know yeah, he's kind of a guy that I wouldn't mind having as my tight end if I started with a bunch of really high uh, upside receivers and running backs that I think can blow up every week. And from my tight end position, I just want four catches and forty that ah, thirty-five yards to provide a really basic PPR or half PPR floor. Then I might look at Doyle. All right, well, the last discrepancy on the list is Mike Gesicki, and I have him up at 11, and you guys have him both outside your top 20, 23 for Okada, 26 for Betts. Uh, I guess I have to explain myself. I think that he he's uh, he's extremely athletic, first of all, and so he was never going to be a year one contributor uh, as a tight end. He had to learn kind of the NFL uh, speed and rigmarole as far as, you know, route running and and blocking and the situations like that. So I'm expecting him to kind of slowly break out, maybe even over the course of this season. So this, this position for me, it's, I don't know if he'll be super reliable early in the season. I don't know if I draft him, but I think I could see him ending up somewhere around this ranking at the end of the year. And so that's kind of why I have him ranked at this position. I'd, it's hard to explain, but I, I like his upside, and I just don't know if I trust him yet. So that's where I'm at on him. Okay. Two things. Number one, I I like your argument, and I love Gasicki. So I actually think that I might have to bump him up a little bit because he's kind of similar in my mind to Eifert, obviously from a very different perspective, but that he is a guy who's so talented that he could be really good. So at this point in drafts, why not draft him instead of Austin Hooper or something like that? So, I, I you've convinced me a bit, Kent. The second okay. thing is, I was just going to our rankings, and I accidentally clicked on my name in our rankings on our site, which is hyperlinked to at Fantasy Sensei, because we have not updated it yet. And someone has taken my Twitter handle. <laughs> there is a new no way. Fantasy Sensei, and he tweets things about colored unicorns and zebras and ducks <laughs> wow i don't know what is happening <laughs> that, that is fantastic is <laughs> so everybody go and follow at fantasy sensei <laughs> on twitter i'm gonna follow him right now this is amazing sorry <laughs> what is this Oh boy, oh this is the perfect okay. way to end this show. I feel like with how it's gone, talking about quarterbacks <laughs> and tight ends, this is the most fitting ending. So, Ken, I don't think we can talk anymore about 
<laughs> Mike Gesicki. <laughs> no, no. I and that's fine. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's it for the tight ends. <laughs> we uh, we kind of got off the rails a little bit here today, and I like it. So uh, those were our quarterback and our tight end rankings. The NFL draft is right around the corner. Uh, make sure you keep your eyes and your bookmarks locked onto RedshirtsFantasyFootball.com where we will have rankings, articles, and all sorts of awesome stuff and links to the Fantasy Sensei. Uh, where you can check out his unicorn tweets. <laughs> so, oh my God. Uh, we are officially out of control. Thank you for listening to today's show. We are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.